This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Okay, we're about to wrap up this week where comedy was king, and I promised some dramas and westerns for next week. But tonight, we'll be back to 1946 for a visit with that rubber-faced clown, Red Skelton. What an entertainer he was. He'd get laughs without ever uttering a dirty word or even a suggestion of anything on the blue side. Just a funny guy whose routines brought tears of laughter to his audiences. Now, whether he was Clem Hopper or Junior, he was always totally bought into his characters, and you never doubted his delivery. I know that some people couldn't stand the fact that he used to laugh as hard as anyone else at his own jokes, but I always thought it was kind of part of his charm. Skelton's artwork of clowns remained a hobby until 1964, when his wife, Georgia, persuaded him to have a showing at the Sands Hotel in Las Vegas while he was performing there. Well, sales of his originals were very successful, and he also sold prints and lithographs of them as well, earning $2.5 million yearly on lithograph sales. By the time of his death, his art dealer believed that Skelton had earned more money through his paintings than from his television work. I just wish I'd had the foresight to buy one of his paintings. Skelton believed that his life's work was to make people laugh. He wanted to be known as a clown because he defined it as being able to do everything. He had a 70-year career as a performer and entertained three generations of Americans. Well, let's hear the episode that was first aired back in 1946. The Raleigh Cigarette Program, starring Red Skelton with David Forrester and his orchestra, our singing star Anita Ellis, Gigi Pearson, Verna Felton, Pat McGeehan, and yours truly, Rod O'Connor. It's a pleasure to bring you Metro Golden Mayor's popular player and the star of the Raleigh Cigarette Program, Red Skelton. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very Somebody thinks it's a hog calling contest over here. <laughs> Thank you and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Rod, what's new with you? Oh, nothing much, Red. I've been reading a book entitled Advancement of Science by Farnsworth Aislop. Oh, you mean Jimmy Starr's little boy, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> Any good? Oh, yes. Say, did you know, scientifically speaking, that love is merely an increase in blood pressure and pulse rate? You can get the same effect by touching your toes ten times. Oh, come now. Surely you've left something out. 
And you know, until I read that book, I never realized how amazing mechanical inventions are. Oh? Take my electric toaster, for instance. Oh? Take my record changer. Or take my typewriter. You got any white shirts? I'll take <laughs> to go get my truck. I can't get away. You know, the two greatest scientific advancements are plastic surgery and television. Oh, well, they go hand in hand. You know, when television gets in, I'm going to need plastic surgery. Well, I won't need plastic surgery. Oh, you'll need a girdle. <laughs> Either that or they have to show you in sections. <laughs> I can just hear a program coming on now and saying, Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We now present Rod O'Connor in 10 em- episodes. <laughs> See, I couldn't get it all in myself. <laughs> hey, I wonder how far off television really is. Well, Red, in less than three years, your face will be in everybody's living room. No kidding. Mm-hmm. That's one of the dirtiest tricks science of... <laughs> You know, television's going to be wonderful. Not only will you be able to see the man in the street broadcast, but you're going to see him killed by a hit-and-run driver. <laughs> well, you know, some people believe television sets will have coin slots on them. No? You pay to see a program. You know, remember the jukebox? Oh, yeah, that's going to be something. You, know? you drop a quarter in a slot, you'll get Bob Hope. You drop 50 cents, you get Alan Young. 75 cents, you get uh, Fred Allen. Dollar, you get Red Skelton. <laughs> And 95 cents change. <laughs> you know, they're also working on an invention where you can drop a dime in a slot and get a sample of the product you're listening to? Oh, well, now that's really going to save a lot of people from running down to the corner drugstore in their pajamas, you know. <laughs> they always say, get, get, get that tonight, you know. <laughs> can you imagine being listening to some face cream program, see? And you drop a dime in the slot. And Lord Esther's wife let you have it right in the kitchen. <laughs> and now Anita Ellis sings More Than You Know.
Scrapbook of satire to a story entitled It Pays to Look Well. Our characters are fictional. If there's any similarity to persons living, living conditions ain't too good, are they? <laughs> Chapter 134 is entitled The Cowboy and the Tailor. This is the story of Deadeye who finds that clothes don't make the man. like yours, McGregor. Old Sardo here, eh? It's pretty hard to handle. Well, I'll tell you, did I? Eh? Maybe that big saddle bothers him. What big saddle? I'm riding him bareback. <laughs> Woo! Well, maybe he's hard of hearing. Woo! Shoot your gun beside his ear. He should hear that. Did you say beside it or in it? <laughs> Oh, he's all right. That bullet's like everything else with him. In one ear and right out the other. <laughs> Let's climb up over here in the shade, huh? Well, the old town looks the same. Yeah. Yeah, what are you playing? Uh, you ought to know me better than that. Women. W-E-M-N. Women. <laughs> you don't look very presentable to be talking to women. Look at your shirt. It's all dirty and your spats is ragged. What spats? Oh, them darn long underwear. They slipped again. <laughs> I look pretty bad, don't I, huh? You look like B.O. Plenty's eyebrows. Before he combs them out. Yeah? <laughs> you should have said John L. had been more striking, you know. <laughs> look at that, huh? Hey! I'm proud of that. That ain't anything. Why don't you go across to Dominic the tailor and get rigged up in the new outfit? Okay, let's go. You know, I ain't felt like dressing up since my gal Ida Soda Storm ran away with old Jim Harkins. Ah, good afternoon, gentlemen, to coin a phrase. Howdy. I'd like to get spruced up a little. What do you got in mind? Women, but I got to get some new clothes first. <laughs> <laughs> I want something that'll fit my personality. Well, I'm sorry I have nothing but poison ivy. Well, that... <laughs> I'm sorry you said that. <laughs> Did I? Put your guns away. Oh, they're a little heavy. I want to empty some of the lead out of them. Now, look, don't be like that. Oh, come on, one little bullet. I want to see if I can deflate that big balloon. <laughs> Just a little joke, old man, no offense. Oh? Now, here, would you be so kind as to remove some of your clothes so I can take your measurements? Okay, I'll take my guns off first. <laughs> I was in field artillery. <laughs> Nice guns. Had a little trouble getting the wheels off, though. <laughs> well, now I'll take off my Mackinac. Mm. Now my, uh, Macintosh. <laughs> now my fur vest. <laughs> now my shark skin vest. <laughs> now my wool vest. 
Well, I'll be. What's wrong, did I? You know that windbreaker I shot a guy for stealing a year ago? Yeah. It just came to it. <laughs> okay, take my measurements. Now, let's see. Shoulder, 29. Yeah. Waist, 52. <laughs> Chest, 25. Chest, 25. Now, wait till I expand it, will you? Well, that's more like it. Twenty-five and a half. <laughs> right arm, thirty-five. Left arm, twenty-one. <laughs> left arm, twenty-one. How did that happen? Well, me and my wife have twin beds, and she likes to sleep holding hands. McGregor. Yeah, did I? Duck over to old Mac Davis's place and see if Gladys is there. All you? right, did I? I'll be back quicker than it takes you to say Lumen Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the name Dead Eye sounds familiar to me. Just me, too. Shot a man, didn't you? Yep, but it was an accident. Fellow opened his hotel window and yelled fire. And I did. <laughs> Where'd you hear about me? All round. Mm-hmm. Say, so here's something you need, a kerchief scarf. I don't care for that. Look better in that tie you're wearing made of rope. That ain't no rope necktie. I just escaped, escaped a hanging. <laughs> I mean, they were going to hang you? <laughs> yeah, hanging was too good for me. They were going to hang me. <laughs> they weren't going to play yo-yo anyhow. <laughs> well, uh, how about some pants, huh? Oh, here's some. Would you like to try them on for size? Oh, I sure would. Mm-hmm. Now, right leg. Now, the left leg. You got a needle and thread. I forgot to take my spurs on. Hey, did I? Yes? Yeah, this wasn't there, but look who I ran into. Howdy, howdy, did I? <laughs> well, but... <laughs> if it ain't my old gal, Heidi. He ain't changed a bit, Heidi. Well, you neither. You're just as bow-legged as ever. Oh, I ain't so bow-legged. Oh, no? Well, then how come you're standing on both sides of me? <laughs> how have you been, Heidi? Happy? What's been happening to you, huh? Well, that two-timer Jim Hawkins was going to marry me. But something stood in his way. What was it, gal? A wife and four kids. <laughs> he cheated me like he cheated you. Well, I don't remember him promising to marry me. <laughs> no, but you remember the poker game he got you into. Yeah? Well, he cheated you out of your cattle, and them poker cards was marked. With a hot poker, too. <laughs> you don't happen to know what happened to old Jim, do you? Yeah. Yeah, I hear he's ahead of a black market and lumber gang, but is running a clothing store to make folks think he's an honest citizen. Now, you don't mean to tell me that the gent that's waiting on me is old Jim Harkins. Stand behind me, gal. Don't move, dead eye. I've got my forty-five pointed right at your head. Better stand in front of me, gal. <laughs> well, Jim, looks like things are going to happen just you... Just like I said. Oh, shut up. No cheap dance hall gal's gonna make a chump out of me. Did I? Did you hear what he called me? Me, a lady? A cheap dance hall gal. Yeah, I heard him. Well, are you gonna let him get away with it? Yep. Hey. <laughs> uh, no, look here. It's none of my business, but uh, why don't you two go outside and shoot it out like real western gentlemen? Yeah. Oh, no. 
I remember Deadeye and his one, two, three stuff and how he shoots on two. Well, then maybe we could figure out a new idea. Yeah, fight a duel. Stand back to back. Walk ten steps apart, then turn and blaze away. Okay. Now, he ought to know better than that. <laughs> well, let's go. Come on, boys. All right. Back to back. Draw your guns. Now stop walking. Hey, Dead Eyes, stop following him. <laughs> I'm sorry, I hadn't noticed. Now start all over. Okay. Start walking. Ten steps, then turn. Okay. Two, four, six, eight, ten. <laughs> That's what he gets for not doing his homework. <laughs> Now, David Forrester and his orchestra play One More Tomorrow. Entitled Home Tailoring. 
The finest tailoring in the world is done by the mothers and the grandmothers at home. Of course, it's no surprise that the mean little kid gets a cut-down suit. Hey, Grandma! Grandpa's gone. Can I take me cowbell off now? Yes, dear. Boy. Oh. Ma, you feel good to get that cowbell off. Hey, Grandma, why does I have to wear a cowbell when, when, when Grandpa's home? Because we like to talk freely, and you know too much already. Oh, <laughs> I don't. Can I run down to the candy store and get me a jawbreaker? No, dear. Grandma doesn't have a penny to give you. Well, I'm in the chips tonight, boy. Look, 50 cents. Look. Where'd you get that? <laughs> it's one you didn't find when you went through Grandpa's pockets last night. <laughs> now, Junior, I don't go through your grandfather's pockets when he's asleep. Uh, no, you better be careful, that's all. Grandpa says he's going to put a mouse trap in him. <laughs> hey, Grandma, what you got your finger bandaged up for, hmm? You stop asking silly questions. Oh. <laughs> Did you get your widow finger caught in a widow mouse trap? No, Junior. It was a big mouse trap. Oh, well, looks like Grandpa took me suggestion after all, huh? I told him he'd get better results if he used a gopher trap. But I still don't see how I missed that half dollar. Well, it wasn't in the suit you was ramsacking, see. Oh. It was one hanging in the closet. Now look how black the flyer made it look, look. What fire? Well, now, don't get excited. I'm going to tell you about it. You see, there was a hole in his pocket and it fell through into the seam. See, so I had to burn up the suit and scrape the ashes for the half a dollar. <laughs> You're kidding me. <laughs> you just keep laughing, kiddo. That's all. I ought to spank you until you can't walk. Oh, yeah? What, you going to spank me until I can't walk? What are you going to do, spank me feet? <laughs> I knew someday she'd realize she's wearing my body out. <laughs> Junior, you're bad. No, no. I was going to take those old suits and make me something to wear. Well, your coat is still good. But I needed the pants to make the skirts. Oh. Oh, well, maybe I can make you a suit out of the coat. Oh, no, that's not But right. go get my sewing basket. Okay. I couldn't look at the sewing basket. Well, here it is, here it is. Can I borrow the scissors? I want to cut this picture of George Washington off of this green piece of paper here. No! Hmm? Put them down. What? What do you want to do, fall on those sharp points and dull them? Well, <laughs> Boy, it's good as love me, don't you? Now, Junior, run upstairs and get your blue pants. Okay. I'll cut the pattern from them out of this wrapping paper. Well, I'm not going to wear paper pants. Goodness, I'm not a lamb top, you know. Junior, who said anything about paper Goodness, pants? Goodness, you're going to make paper pants. You might as well cut two holes in a shopping bag and put me in there, you know. Put me arm through the handles. Let me walk around. <laughs> Stop acting silly and run upstairs and get those pants. Okay, I will get them. I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them. Now, let's see now. Where could them blue pants be? Grandma straightened out my closet and I can't find a chin now, you know. Oh, there they are. There they are. I'm going to hurry, but I'm going to slide down the banisters quicker. <laughs> Anybody know where I can get a cheap retread job? Now, get off the banister. Yeah, yeah, don't you hit me. Grandpa said that I could 
slide down the banister any time I wanted to. Oh, your grandfather should be ashamed permitting you to do things that will hurt you. Oh? Oh, but then when he's sick, he doesn't know what he's doing. I know how to cure his sickness. How? Don't spread this around. No. Shoot his bartender. (laughs) Stop talking like that and come here. Okay. I've got to see if this piece of material is big enough. Yes. Take off your pants. Here? <laughs> I won't do it. You're cold in here. Lady. Well, then at least take the stuff out of your pockets. Okay. You want me to empty my back pocket? Sure. Here. Hmm? Let me help you up on the chair. No, no, no. Don't grab me under the arms. I'm tickling you. <laughs> Lift me up on my ears like a rabbit. <laughs> Stop talking like an idiot. Well, I can't help it. It was inherited, you know. Yes, and you know from which side of the family. Yeah, I know. I know, all right. And Grandpa agrees with me, too. <laughs> oh. If only you'd try to be intelligent just for once. Well, I will if you'll buy me a dog. Well, uh... A real dog. What kind of a dog do you want? A widow black and white one. No, no, no. I mean, what breed of dog? He breeds with his nose, I guess. You want a mama dog, a mama dog. Oh, no, 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 you can't have one. They always have fleas. (laughs) Well, the kind I want has puppies. Now, Hmm? just forget I said anything. No. There. No. Yeah. I'm tired. I'm going to sit on the back of the chair and tell you he's ready. No, don't do that. It'll oh. slip over with oh, you. Oh, 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 oh. oh behave me. I fucked me with a skull. No, no, I no. Me you didn't break your skull. Yes, I did. You had to and broke me. Oh, poor baby. He fell and hurt himself. Yes, I had me. <laughs> he's scared. I'm scared. Bless his little heart. Yes, yes. Look, I put a dent in my head. Look, look. Well, stop putting dents in your head. It's hard enough to get hats to fit you. <laughs> now, stand still and you no. won't get hurt. Okay. Oh, where is my needle? No, here it is, here it uh, is. Mm. Go ahead, now, fret it, fret uh, it, fret it. Thank you. Yeah, now, fret it, fret it. Mm. What are you smelling it for? I'm not smelling it. Stark in here, I can't see it. Oh, I thought you were smelling uh, it. Junior, your fingers are smaller than mine. Yes. Pull the thread through the needle, will you? Now, hold it down here. Hold it down. Where is it? Where is it? Don't, don't, don't look at it so close. You'll get cross-eyed. Cross-eyed? Is that why I see two needles now? <laughs> Junior, stop that. I'm not doing nothing. Well, look at your eyes. I can't. My nose is in the way. The only way to straighten them is to tap you on the back of the head. Yes. Here, 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 here. Straighten them. Don't knock them out. Here. Junior. Junior, now hold this goods around your waist while I sew it together. You mean like that? No, no, not under your chin. Well, I like it that way. I like my pants. I need to eat. I don't need a napkin. Just check my pants and my collar like that. Stand still. Yes. If I accidentally stick you with a pin, you listen to me. Yeah, if you accidentally stick me, you'll hear from me, you will. Stand still while I trim the legs. Oh, no, not me legs. Don't trim me legs. It's short enough now. Not your legs, the pants legs. No, no, boy, for a minute I can see myself sitting on a Raleigh cigarette swinging me feet, you know. There. Now, the, the, the other leg. Yeah. There. That's funny. They're longer in the back than they are in front. Well, maybe I shouldn't have leaned over to watch you then. <laughs> Remember, we'll all be back in the next few 
Tuesday at this same time. Until next Tuesday, then. This is Red Skelton saying goodbye now, and thanks for listening. And by the way, the policeman shows the 22nd and 23rd. I'll be there. Probably many of us don't know that half of all the jobs in the armed services are directly related to civilian occupation. Let us realize that the skills, education, and experience acquired by those in the services make them better citizens and more valuable employees than ever before. Red Skelton is brought to you by the Brown and Williamson Tobacco Corporation. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Stay tuned for Fibber, McGee, and Molly next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Fibber, McGee, and Molly. It was an American radio comedy series, a staple of the NBC Red Network for the show's entire run, and one of the most popular and enduring radio series of its time. The title characters were created and portrayed by Jim and Marion Jordan, a real-life husband and wife team that had been working in radio since the 1920s. <laughs> the Johnson Wax Program with Fibber, McGee, and Molly. <laughs> The makers of Johnson's Wax for Home and Industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie, with music by the Kingsman and Billy Mills Orchestra. When you bought your linoleum floor coverings, you gave a great deal of attention to their colors and pattern and their quality. You wanted them to be just right for your home, and you hoped they'd last a long time and retain their original beauty. Well, as a matter of fact, good linoleum will last many years, indefinitely if it's properly cared for. But if it's scrubbed continuously, it breaks down and wears out. Well, now, fortunately, the proper way to care for it also saves you work and time. Johnson's self-polishing glow coat is so easy to use. It takes no rubbing or buffing. Shines itself as it dries. It protects the linoleum surface against dirt, moisture, and wear. Keeps original colors bright. Regular use of glow coat makes linoleum last six to ten times longer. No matter how old your linoleum now is, it'll pay you to protect it with self-polishing glow coat. And uh, when you put down new linoleum, be sure to give it glow coat protection from the first day. If there's anything the squire of 79 Wistful Vista likes to do, it's surprise his wife. And if there's anything that gives his wife cold chills, it's her husband's surprises. Get a load of him now, coming in the front door with a bag full of mushrooms he picked in the woods. As we meet, Fibber McGee and Molly. Hey, Molly. I got a surprise for you. Hey, Molly, look what I got. Animal, vegetable, or mineral? <laughs> well, I'll give you a hint. What do you like with steak, kiddo? Piled way up high on top of it like this. Mashed potatoes. Oh, no. <laughs> McGee, now, if you brought home a paper bag full of mashed potatoes... <laughs> now... <laughs> nah, you're just not used to high-class eating, Molly. Here, look. My goodness, mushrooms. Yep. Make a dinner fit for a king. 
And you're looking at His Majesty, Fibber the First. They're beauties, ain't they? Lovely, but they're certainly dirty. Huh? You'd think a careful grocer would at least clean them before he sold them. Grocer? No grocer ever laid a mitt on one of these. I picked them myself. You pick... <laughs> you betcha. You remember Nat Wolf? Yes. Well, I picked these mushrooms in that little patch of woods across the river from where the brewery is that Nat's uncle owns a half interest in it. Yes, but dearie... My gosh, since this warm spell set in, they're popping up all over the place. And nobody picking them. I had the place all exclusive to myself with nobody else there. Hmm. You don't suppose that's because other people might be afraid they were toadstools, do you? Toadstools? <laughs> that's ridiculous. If they'd have been toadstools, I wouldn't have picked them, would I? That was my question. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, don't they look good. I've had my puss puckered up for a mess of mushrooms ever since for I don't know how long ago. <laughs> and these are the best kind, too. Little button mushrooms. Yeah, that's the kind of a button you ring for an ambulance with. <laughs> You're not actually planning on eating those things. Not eating them? Why, certainly we're going to eat them. Steak and mushrooms. That's the menu for tonight. Why, you love steak and mushrooms. Look, dearie, I'm not easily frightened, but I don't want any mushrooms picked by amateurs. What? I'd just as soon skip rope with a high-tension wire. During an electrical store. Oh, now you're just being... Hello, Mrs. McGee. Hello, Mr. McGee. Hello, Alice. I didn't know you were home. Hi, Alice. I just got home. Were there any phone calls for me or anything? Just one, Alice. Sergeant Carling called. Oh, yes. Cliffy Carling. He's the one that's in the camouflage corps. Oh, I remember that guy. He used to stand out on the lawn disguised as a tree. <laughs> Never knew whether to shake hands with him or prune him. <laughs> Yeah, but you cured him of that when you started to car. Fibber loves Molly on his stomach. Yeah. <laughs> Where is he now, Alice? Well, I, I don't know, but he said he was sending me a boomerang. A what? A boomerang. That's one of those sticks you can hit yourself in the head with if you throw it far enough. <laughs> oh, he must be in Australia. Well, I think so. Anyway, he says he sees a lot of those birds that think they're alone when they stick their heads in the sand. Oh, what do they call them? Isolationists. <laughs> Hey, Alice, don't make any plans for dinner. We're having steak and mushrooms. Steak and mushrooms? Oh, jeepers. Yep. I love mushrooms, Mr. McGee. I was going to a chop suey place, but now you couldn't get me out of here with a 10-ton truck driven by Van Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Mr. Johnson to stop for me and honk twice. <laughs> <laughs> this is really going to be a treat, Alice. I picked the mushrooms myself. Well, I simply I... ad... What? <laughs> he picked the mushrooms himself, Alice. He can tell a mushroom from a toadstool from a mile away, and I wish he had. But don't, uh, uh, don't people get sick from, I mean, isn't picking mushrooms in the woods sort of dangerous? Oh, sure, it is liable to get pneumonia walking around on the wet grass. <laughs> I always wear my overshoes. Oh, no, I... I well, I'm I... glad one person around here appreciates the finer things to eat, Alice. Mrs. McGee doesn't think she wants any mushrooms. Mrs. McGee gets cold chills up and down her girdle at the very thought. <laughs> Okay, okay, I guess Alice and I can eat all of them. Hey, Alice, we'll have us a piece of... Oh, gee, the... I just happened to think, Mr. McGee, hmm? I promised Monty Fraser I'd go out with him tonight for, uh, uh, for dinner. I forgot this was Wednesday. But this is just Tuesday. Oh, I mean Tuesday. Anyway, I thought it was, well, jeepers, I better run up and get into my mink-dyed rabbit. I'm, uh, terribly disappointed, Mr. McGee. I love mushrooms, but, well, see you both later, I hope. <laughs> Why is everybody so scared? 
Anybody think I didn't know a real mushroom when I saw it? Well, tell anybody to move over and make room for me. <laughs> well, I don't care what anybody else has for dinner. I'm having steak and mushrooms. And I'll get somebody to eat them with me, too. Hand me the phone. Here. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me Dr. Gamble's office at the north end of Mert. Is that you? Oh, dear. How's oh, every little thing, Mert? Tis, huh? What say, Mert? Your old man. Hiring a kite again, eh? Isn't that awful? No, he couldn't buy a kite for his little nephew, so he's hiring one for a week. <laughs> what say, Mert? Okay, thanks a lot. Doc's not in. Hey, where's my cookbook, Molly? I seen a recipe in there for mushroom gravy that's out of this world. Well, I don't know, but you will be too if you eat it. Come on, Molly, you know the cookbook I mean. That old-fashioned one that kids around about using butter. <laughs> oh, I know where I put it. Where'd you put it? Right here in the hall of... Straighten out that closet one of these days. be here somewhere in this... Ah, here it is. Right where I put it. Between the moose head and my old mandolin. <laughs> Heavenly days, the way that stuff falls out of here, don't tell me you know where to look for things. Why, sure, I got it organized. I always throw it in the closet in the same order, and it always falls out in the same order. <laughs> ah, scientific and logical. See? <laughs> Snowshoes go in first. Then the moose head. <laughs> Bull moose. <laughs> And the tennis racket And the ice skates Then the uh, skid chains? No, no, then the camera tripod ah, And then the skid chain Now all the little stuff Picture frames, tennis rackets Last, my old mandolin Well, that takes you Hey Where's my cookbook? Back in the closet between the moose head and the mandolin. What? 
You mean I threw it back in the... <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> ah, Beulah's probably got a good recipe for mushrooms anyway. Hey, Beulah. Oh, Beulah. Somebody ball for Beulah? <laughs> Yes, Beulah, Mr. McGee wishes to discuss tonight's dinner menu with you. It's a sort of a culinary last will and testament. <laughs> last who and which, ma'am? Skip it, Beulah. Look, we're going to have steak and mushrooms for dinner tonight. Can you handle an assignment like that, Beulah? Miss McGee, ma'am, this is equivalent to asking Mr. Kaiser, can he build a rowboat? <laughs> mushrooms is one of the fondest thing I am of cooking. I got me a prescription for mushroom gravy I've been just itching to try out. Well, you can scratch now. I can scratch now. <laughs> my, my, he start right off. <laughs> I was fixing to cook some grease for dinner tonight, but I, I can hold them till tomorrow. You were uh, going to fix what for tonight? Some grease. Grease? What kind of grease? Just plain little old grease. Huh? <laughs> Mr. Toop sent him over. Been in deep freeze since he went hunting last fall. Oh, you mean grouse. Well, there's two of them, ma'am. <laughs> two grouses is greasy, ain't they? No, Beulah, the plural is the same as the singular, like fish. Yes, I sure do. <laughs> Particular catfish, but I better get down to the grocery and get the stuff, up. You know, I like to select the mushrooms myself. Oh, just get a steak, Beulah. Mr. McGee already has the mushrooms. Somebody give them to you, sir? Nope. I picked them myself out by the brewery this morning, Beulah. Uh-oh. What do you mean, uh-oh? I just rehearsed my phone call to the hospital, sir. Uh-oh, <laughs> 729. Hospital? My pop always said that when you picked your own mushroom, you was taking a long chance on a short life. Uh, now, let's not be silly about this. I'll take the entire responsibility. I'll cook the mushrooms myself. After all, my reputation in these mushrooms will be just alike. How do you mean, McGee? They'll both be at stake, won't they? Uh-huh. His reputation in mushrooms is sticky. <laughs> 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 Love that man. <laughs> McGee, you're not really serious about eating those toads or those mushrooms, are you? Why, certainly I am. Mushrooms are good for you. Full of vitamins and iodine. Iodine is good for the styroid. Thyroid. Huh? It isn't sty, it's thigh, if you'll pardon the expression. Well, anyway, everybody knows mushrooms are highly nourishing. And there isn't anybody that... Hello, folks. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Junior. You like mushrooms? <laughs> Why, I love them. You want some? I tell you where to get them. Go see my cousin, Big Ozzy Wilcox. He's on 14th Street there. You tell him No, that... Mr. Wilcox, no. Uh, pardon? I got some, Junior. A whole bag of them. Just wondered if you'd be in the mood for a mushroom dinner tonight. With steak. Would I? Say, if you're having steak and mushrooms, you couldn't blast me out of here with a block, Buster. <laughs> <laughs> you mind if I call my wife and tell her I won't be home? Go right ahead, Mr. Wilcox. But I think McGee ought to tell you that he picked... I picked you to have dinner with me, Junior, because I and you are mushroom lovers. Go on, call a little woman and tell her you're tying on the nose bag over here tonight. Here. Okay. Hello, operator. Give me wistful vista 13724. That's right. Look, McGee, I think you ought to warn Mr. Wilcox those mushrooms aren't exactly... Hello, punky wonk. This is sweet stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> Been married five years and still Cupid, stupid. Uh, listen, fudge puss. I won't be home for dinner tonight. <laughs> no, with Fibber and Molly. Steak and mushrooms. Yeah, sure, I'll be thinking of you, baby, when I put sugar in my coffee. Ah! Is this drip really necessary, Junior? <laughs> Quiet, pal, I can't hear. Uh, what'd you say, Snooky Pook? She did. 
Well, I'm sorry I wasn't there, but if she calls back, tell her that Johnson's Wax is the perfect way to protect leather goods. Yeah. And tell her about how it protects lampshades and windowsills and floors and furniture, too. Against wear and dirt and dampness. You know, you'd think she'd know that story as well as he does by this time. <laughs> she probably hung up on him long ago, and he's just talking for our benefit. He's always... Uh, what's that, baby? Oh, sure, Johnson's Wax saves hours of housework because it makes surfaces so much easier to keep clean. Hmm? Well, tell her I'll send her a folder from the office. Okay, lamb chop. Huh? Oh, wait a minute. I'll find out. What time are you having dinner, Molly? Well, about 6.30, Mr. Wilcox. McGee is cooking it himself, so it'll probably be a little later than usual. Yeah, nobody else will have anything to do with these mushrooms, Junior, in spite of the fact I picked them myself. You picked them yourself? Hello, Angel Puss. I've changed my mind. I'll be home for dinner. Yeah, bye now. Gee, I'm sorry, folks. I just remembered I've got to sit up with a sick friend tonight. Who? You. So long now. Gosh, you'd think I was deliberately going out of my way to poison everybody. Oh, not everybody, dearie. Just a few intimate friends. <laughs> Look, let's throw out these mushrooms or toadstools as the case may be. Throw them out in the alley. No, and... sir, by George. Now I got my back up. <laughs> I don't care how many other rats desert the sinking ship. I'm staying with it. I'm having these mushrooms for dinner tonight if they could... Well, I'm having them. <laughs> All right, pet. I only hope you do get Dr. Gamble to come for dinner. Though who'll take care of him, I don't know. I'll go out and fix the salad. At okay. least I'll have the satisfaction of knowing that's okay. Okay. Ah, there goes a good kid. I can read her like a book. She'll watch Doc and me for a couple hours after dinner, and if we don't fold up, she'll sneak out and eat the rest of the mushrooms. <laughs> Only there won't be any more mushrooms. Between me and Doc, we can account for it. Come in. Hi, mister. Oh, hi, Teeny. Come on in. <laughs> Gee, what you got in the bag, mister? Candy, mister? Can I have a piece? Can I have a piece? Now, if it was candy, you'd can I have a piece, all right, sir. <laughs> it happens to be a bag of mushrooms. Hmm? I says this bag is full of mushrooms. You know what mushrooms are? Sure I do, I bet you. My daddy told me. He did, eh? Hmm? I says he did, eh? He did what? Your daddy told you what mushrooms are. I know it. <laughs> what are they? Well, they're not particularly beautiful, sis. They look like the buttons off your Uncle Elmer's old overcoat. <laughs> but properly cooked, they make old ladies leap up and kiss the busboy. <laughs> Here, take a look. Oh, Jiminy, toadstools. <laughs> they are not toadstools, they're mushrooms. And there's a lots of difference. What is the difference, mister? You mean you never heard about the origin of mushrooms and toadstools, sis? No. Well, sir, it's a fascinating little hunk of natural history, sis. Oh? Recline in that rocker and rest your rompers while I give you the lowdown. Okay, mister. Gee, you haven't told me a story for a long time. Well, this is a doozer, sis. Once upon a time... I've heard it. You haven't heard this one. I'm ad-libbing. Hmm? Skip it. Okay. Once upon a time, there was a great forest that was full of little people. You know about the little people? Sure I do, I bet you. <laughs> I'm one of them. <laughs> I mean little people like elves and pixies and leprechauns and fairies. Oh. Well, sir, half of these little people were bad little people and half of them were good little people. Gee. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. The good little people were always happy. Swimming in the buttercups after the rain. <laughs> eating honey out of the flowers. Listening to Jack and the Pulpit on Sundays and everything. <laughs> but the bad little people were always snarling and nasty to each other. And to the good little people. Uh? Well, even good people won't stand being pushed around too much. So one day they had a terrible battle there in the woods. Oh, they were throwing acorns, 
beating the bajunior out of each other with twigs, <laughs> throwing each other into gopher holes, just generally raising cane. Uh. And finally, the king of the forest heard the ruckus and told him to break it up, quit the quarreling. But the bad little people wouldn't, and the good little people couldn't. And that made the king angry. And he waved his magic wand, and boom! The good little people were turned into mushrooms, and the bad little people were turned into toadstools. Mm. That's why toadstools are so poisonous, and mushrooms are so good. See? Gee, that's a wonderful story, mister. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was pretty good myself. I can hardly wait to tell my teacher. Hmm? I bet you'll revise her entire schedule of nature study, I bet you. Huh? What do you mean? <laughs> you know what? She's still laboring under the delusion that mushrooms and toadstools are a clammy fungus growth that live parasitically upon decaying vegetable matter and are produced from thread-like spores disseminated by the wind and grazing animals. Huh? Just wait till I tell her that the lack of chlorophyll has little or nothing to do with their development. <laughs> The King's Men and Evelina. Evelina, sweet Evelina, won't you come out, come out? Hey, can't you hear me, Evelina? Won't you ever take a shine to that moon? Evelina, ain't you bothered by the bobolinks too? Tell me, tell me how long you're gonna keep. Delaying the day Don't you reckon it's wrong Trifling with April this way Evelina, won't you pay a little mind to me soon Evelina, are you going to keep me fretting till June Wake up, wake up The old earth is fair and fine Another fella's vine So Evelina Won't you roll off that vine And be mine Nothing could be finer Than to have my Evelina Wake up, wake up, wake up Let's be doing How the times are wasting There is joy we could be tasting Break it up Evelina Let's be wooing Evelina Won't you ever take a shine To that Pay a little mind to me soon What's the use of smelling Sweet watermelon Clinging to another fella's vine Evelina, won't you roll Off that vine Be I'm sorry you're so stubborn, Molly. You're just doing yourself out of a wonderful steak and mushroom dinner. Boy, when you see Doc Gamble and me turn into them mushrooms... Oh, Dr. Gamble, did you finally get him? Oh, sure, didn't I tell you? Oh, I got him. The minute I said steak and mushrooms over the phone, he let out a holler and you could hear him knocking patients right and left trying to get out of his office. How's Beulah coming with the steak? Oh, it looks beautiful, but I'm afraid I'm not going to enjoy it much. Hmm? I can't sit there and eat calmly while my husband deliberately... Poisons himself and... Ah, don't talk silly, Molly. I wouldn't eat them if I didn't know they were good. I guarantee every one of these mushrooms personally. That's going to be a lot of help when the coroner starts patting my hand and tells me to be brave, though. (laughs) Pooh for the coroner. That political hyena has... 
Ah, my dinner guest. Come in, come in, come in. Hello, Doctor. Hello, Molly. Hello, McGee, my dear boy. You know what you've done? What have I done, Doc, old sock? You've made me a very happy man. Ah, steak and mushrooms. Well, personally, Doctor, I'm glad you came. I think it's always nice to have a physician around at dinner time in case, well, if something should develop, I mean... uh, (laughs) What she's worried about, Doc, is that these mushrooms might be toadstools. (laughs) (laughs) Why, you silly girl. In 23 years of medical practice, I've learned every possible way in which people can make darn fools of themselves. (laughs) But I've never had a case of mushroom poisoning when the purchase was made from a reputable dealer. Did I say something wrong? What are you staring at each other for? Well, speak up. What's the matter? Tell it, McGee. Well, Dad, read it just because a guy goes out into the woods and picks a mess of mushrooms and asks a friend... Wait a minute. You picked your own mushrooms? Yes, I did. Why, you murderous little maverick? What? You combination of Jack the Ripper, Lucrezia Borgia, Jekyll and Hyde, and Babyface Nelson? You perjuring little poisoner? On the other hand, Doctor, they might... On the other hand, brass knuckles. Does this half-baked nature faker think he has a gift for picking edible mushrooms out of 30,000 varieties of deadly fungi? Now, just a darn minute, Dr. Jamble. You don't need a thing Neither do you, you ignorant ninny. Well, you got a lot of moxie inviting me over here for a, quote, mushroom, unquote, dinner. Couldn't you kill me off some easy way? Attach a bomb to my self-starter, push me off a cliff, even stab me. But toadstools? Dad. Yes, but, Doctor, maybe... If you just let me explain... You're lucky you're not explaining this to the district attorney, you bloated little bluebeard. If I only... Say, look. You're serving the steak and mushrooms separately? Oh, yes, Doctor. I'm going to have some steak myself. Yeah, I thought it might be better if I... It might be better if I stayed, yes. I think so, too. I'm starved for a steak. And I'll be handy when little stupid here starts to fold up. Excuse me a minute. Hey, where are you going, Doc? Out to the car to get my satchel. Huh? I want to have everything ready when you start screaming and turning blue. Well, I'll go see about the salad. I'll run over to the drugstore and get some cigars. We'll be ready. That was wonderful. More steak, Doc? <sighs> no thanks, McGee. I'm so full of beef now, I'm afraid I'll meet Roy Rogers on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we have the coffee in the living room, boys? Oh, let's wait and have it in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. <laughs> uh, how do you feel, McGee? Oh, me? Oh, I feel fine, Doc. Kind of full, but otherwise great. Hmm. You kids passed up a wonderful dish when you refused the mushrooms. There's still a couple left. Who wants them? Okay, I'll finish them myself. Shame to throw them out. Um, any symptoms of cramp, McGee? Any sensation of nausea? Why, no, Doc. I feel wonderful. Only thing I'm suffering from is loss of appetite. (laughs) Uh, Well, how soon can I breathe easy, Doctor? Oh, give them another ten minutes, Molly. If nothing happens, I'm going to write an article for the AMA Journal... We're making medical history. Any man who has the colossal effrontery to pick his own mushrooms and eat them is crowding his luck too far. Doggone it, I tried to explain to you about that. But you kept shouting at me, so I shut up. Explain about what, dearie? About how everybody was so nervous about my own mushrooms that I threw them out. What? Why, you... Why, I ran over to the grocery and got these. 
Hey, where's the toothpicks? I thought... <laughs> Yes, my boy. It's a cosmic injustice, but you'll live to make a pig of yourself many more times. Give him two more of these pills in an hour, Molly. No! Uh, was it the mushrooms, Doctor? It was indeed. Not the quality, but the quantity. Just remember this, McGee. More people die from a fork in the mouth than from a knife in the back. Good night. Oh, good night. Good night, all. <laughs> This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson Wax Finishes for Home and Industry and inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Thank you for listening. I hope you got a lot of laughs this past week, and I hope you'll be with me next week as I uncover more gems from the golden age of radio. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a wonderful weekend. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.